Kind of so. like how Pedophile Island's for sale for like 17 point something. Yeah, yeah, there I you mean, go. I'm, we sure, can... I'm sure we could get a loan and buy that. What a can't... Oh, that'd be beautiful. Have you right? seen that yes. island though? Yeah. Holy fuck. That'd be great, right? Like, just, let's just buy it up. Yeah, let's buy Pedophile Island. Hell yeah. Sure. Let's buy <laughs> Pedo Island. Why not? <laughs> what a clubhouse. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, we'll want to cut this part out, but I think, take, I think you should take that pedophile eye and put it at the beginning of the episode, put the intro in, and then roll into this. Welcome to the DRMPC, or DR, what is it, DRMCPC, I'm yeah. the VP. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. This is, <laughs> this is welcome, no, welcome to the DRMC, DRPC, I'm your VP, <laughs> this is my P, and this is the SA and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> so, whenever we come up with an intro, though, we might just um, no, mouth over it later. We're so. military, so just do a uh, acronyms. I was thinking, like, Good Morning Vietnam, Tell he's talking about the... We're doing the PC with the VP, he's yeah. a VIP, like all that. That's why I was like, DRMC, uh, this is the DRPC, because it's a downrange podcast. DRPC with the DRMC, I'm your VP, this is the P, this is the SA, and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. Sounds good to me. Because that's um, I was thinking of Good Morning Vietnam, because oh. I thought it was just goofy as hell. I was like, this is perfect. Movie. That is, too. Yeah. Uh, so I am Pony Boy. Yeah, I'm the VP, Downrange MC, Blood and Steel Chapter. I drive a box truck for work, and Nick is my boss, which is hilarious that he's my prospect. So it's a it's a nice little dynamic that we got going on. Uh, that's about it for me. I'm not super interesting. What was your military service like? Oh, you're yeah. a veteran. Did you I know am, that? <laughs> I am. I am a veteran. <laughs> Forgot about that. Yeah. I'm currently in the Army Reserves, and I'm a specialist. Uh, I've got three MOSs. I've got 25 uniform. That was my entry, which is signal system support specialist, which is a fucking mouthful. Uh, basically, if it's got a cable and plugs into the wall, it's in my domain. <laughs> um, but I've, I honed in on radios because um, it's just more fun. And most people are like, it's a radio. It goes in the truck. How do you... Uh... Right? So I was the guy that would like teach the company and i would teach company level classes to everybody there so that was always fun then uh 92 alpha uh, which is basically like a warehouse bitch is the best way to describe it like a glorified amazon worker i went to cuba for that mos which was fun when i went to gitmo uh that was a lot of fun and then that's the only thing i ever did with that mos <laughs> i got that and then heard about it, uh the poland deployment and i was like oh, time to switch an mos again and I became uh, 89 Bravo, which is ammunition supply specialist. And that's how I went to Poland and Iraq. Nice. And that's basically me in a nutshell. I'm, I'm president of Downrange MC Blood and Steel Chapter. Uh, I was Air Force fuel cell mechanic. Pretty much said, fuck that shit. Jump ship the convoy duty. Did my deployments through there. Got out in June of 16 took my first military government contract that october went over to afghanistan was supposed to be stationed in bagram became a fob jumper and pretty much flew all over afghanistan every day it was a new trip 
um, had more fun, had cooler shit with those guys. Now I am a forklift mechanic. Uh, pretty much just deal with that stuff. I'm Joe Ken. I'm the SA. Did my time in the Navy. Spent a lot of time in Cuba. <laughs> Not good time, but I was there. <laughs> and uh, I was an HT in the Navy, firefighter, welder. And now I pretty much work out of home and school my granddaughter. I'm, I'm Nick <laughs> from Downrange. Or I, what is it? It's the proper. So I'm the, I'm the associate of the, the group today. I am, uh, what is it? What's the word I'm looking for? So you're pretty much a prospect slash associate. Yep. Nick is our patriot. Uh, we have what we call in the MC world a 10% rule. Which for every ten veterans, we get to bring in a non-veteran who shares the same views as what we share as veterans, and that's how we got Nick. views and values. Views and values. Yeah, and there it is. So, uh, <coughs> so, <laughs> so pretty much with a patriot like Nick, he's got to wait for our numbers to get up till he can be fully patched. But he progresses until. We got that spot, and then he earned it just like the rest of us do. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fits right in the way we do it in this chapter, which every MC is different. Uh, I started this chapter six years ago, six and a half years ago. I think more now, longer than that. That was like eight. No, nah, it's only we've been up and running for eight. The whole club as itself started in 15. Okay, so. The way I do it, everything gets thrown out at the table. That way everybody knows what's going on and everybody fits in. The one thing with us that I push is the family aspect, which everybody knows we are 100% family from our spouses to kids, grandkids. They're all a part of it. Everybody's family. And I loved, when I was coming into the club, I loved the family work then club yes it was never the club takes precedent it's take care of your family take care of work because that's how you pay your damn bills and then work and then the club can come after right and one in three always mix a family and club always mix because whenever anybody has a party camping trip vacation everybody's always linking up, meeting up, and yep, having fun. like, joking was camping with the other guys, and my mom and I were, like, 30 minutes away at a different campground, and they were like, oh, yeah, we're up here. Why don't you come on and stop by and have dinner? And so we just came on over, had dinner, hung out by the fire with the kids and all that, and my mom, and it was, it was a great time. Then my little <laughs> brother started to get humped by one of the dogs, which was <laughs> fucking hilarious. Well, yeah, had a great time. You didn't get ate up by a bear. Yeah. We were out in the wilds. Yep. It was great. Yeah. Definitely family. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been on vacation and been up in Lake George and go to have dinner, and here comes the rest of the club walking through the door. Yep. And we just took our table of four and made it into a table of, like, 15. Yeah. We definitely pushed the whole family aspect of the MC world. Because when you think about it, during riding season, you spend majority of your weekends with your brothers yeah and the girls fit in and they do their girls nights and have their girls chats girls do a lot for the club yes Yes, they they do really stand up and take control Mm -hmm. yeah the ladies definitely help us out 
Sometimes those bings at 10 o'clock at night on that fucking cell phone. <laughs> I thought ours was bad, but goddamn. It's gotten a lot better. As soon, as soon as we moved all of like just club business to our one chat and the other big chat is just for all the fuck around shit like that, that definitely helped yeah. a lot. Yeah. So because I can just mute one chat now. <laughs> yeah. So with with the big chat, we'll kind of fill you in on that. We have our own chapter chat. Then we have a big chat, which brings in all the other chapters. Yep. So like we got a chapter two chapters in New York. We got hopefully a chapter starting soon in Michigan. Another one that's getting ready to pop in Virginia. We got the Caribbean, which is our ladies unit, which is all veterans. And then we got our Nomad Brother out in the Netherlands. Yeah. And that's good that we did that because before, like you say, so many bings, I'd be using my phone for music. And mm-hmm. about the 12th bing, I'm taking my crescent wrench and knocking my phone off the amp. Yeah. But with that set of strong brotherhood, ain't none of us won't answer the phone, get out of our bed any time of day or night mm-hmm. and go, no questions asked. Don't yep. you have to say why, just need you here. SOS comes in a chat, and it's like, all right, where you at? Mm-hmm. And we go. Yep. That or stopping over at anybody's houses till yep. 3 o'clock in the morning, drinking, especially when you're new, and there's pictures on Facebook of you in a green light. Oh, yeah. Huh. <laughs> Can't imagine where that, where that came from. <laughs> yeah. All of us pretty much have an open-door policy. Yours is more open than most. Oh, mine's always open. <laughs> I'll be sitting eating dinner here, bike roll up, and already plates getting made on the side before they can get off the bike. Yep. Goat Brothers right. showed up on my Facebook the other day, and I'm like, ooh, let me get on Amazon quick. Yeah, because yeah. Goat Brothers have a special request, don't they, Nick? Yeah, so apparently they want me to do something that's going to be out in the street and wearing something. With a sheep? Oh, no. With the sheep? No, it's not Man Love Tuesday. Or or Man Love Thursday. Yeah. (laughs) So, it's four-lane highway parkings across the street to get into the Goat Brothers swap meet. Hmm. So, we were talking to one of the guys. Was it Lou? Uh, The guy that was older. Yeah, I think it was Lou. Stevie. I don't remember names. We've seen him. He's cool as shit. He's great. So, we were talking, and he's like, oh, yeah, you got a prospect. Why don't you just have him show up in something? So, we're like, oh, well, have him show up in a banana hammock. And he's like, well, just have him ride in naked and we'll stop traffic. And I'm like, yeah, there's a lady going past with yeah, some kids. Yeah, yeah, some sexual harassment. That'd be, so, that'd be an issue. So then we got banana hammock. And we started talking about dressing him up as a goat. And these guys are fucking loving it. Yeah. I mean, so. it's the goat brothers swap. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, goat. having you dress up as a goat is almost now required. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All right. So... How do you guys feel about the gas prices this year? Well, it's very simple. If you look back, they're kind of using, in my opinion, they're kind of using it as a control factor. But what side effects has jacking of the fuel costs truly had on the motorcycle community? I mean, obviously, obviously, if, if we're looking at it from the point of that it's going to be a control factor, then it, it hasn't worked to any degree because fuel and driving is going to be a necessity no matter what. You have to go to work. You have to go places. Maybe vacation will stop, and maybe recreational sports such as boating might take an impact. But I think that, for the most part, people are still going to spend the money and put that gas in their tank so that they can do things that they're wanting to do. And I think, personally, it's just a cash grab. 
I think it's just a fucking cash grab to make up for the printed money that came out of that that time where they said, you know what? Even if you make $80,000, you're still getting a $1,500 stimulus check. That whole thing, if we wanted to get political on that end, I, I could go for hours, but I'm going to steer away from that right now. But I think, I think personally that I agree there's a level of control to it, but I think it's also a deficit makeup. I think that there's a portion of it that is going into just you know trying to reline those pockets for, with the money we lost. Uh, from this whole COVID outcome. But I think that the motorcycle community is the greatest impact because we are generally used to paying higher premium for our motorcycles because we want to take care of them. I hope that everybody listening does the same for theirs if they you know give a shit about their motorcycle. But um, at the same time, now it's it's costing almost as much to fill your tank on a bike as it is to fill up your car. You know what I mean? Like with regular you're you're spending fifteen twenty dollars at the pump to fill up five gallons of gas, and you're getting what a day's ride out of it, maybe depending on how hard you're slamming that throttle or how big your bike is. Or yeah, you gotta look at it this way: if a normal trip, like if we go up to our chapter up north in Fort Ann, do a benefit, do their run, that's easily a hundred dollar day between fuel, food, gift bags, raffles, donations. I'd even say it's like $150 at that point with fuel at the price it is. It's like $150 a day. I mean, where it used to be, used to be just like maybe an $80 day in fuel and donations and stuff. And now it's almost double. You're going to see, it's going to hit, especially like at benefits. um, Because there's always the donation fee to ride the ride. You'll get less people, but you're still going to get the main people you support. But the civilian world-wise, you're going to see less civilians because they're going to want to save that money for, like, what you're saying, going on vacations or paying their NIMO bill. Yeah. Because that's going up. But Harley just said that their numbers are up for selling bikes. But it all comes down to control in the end. It's just another stipulation of controlness, getting what they want. I mean, honestly... If you see me with a can and a siphon hose on my bike, don't judge me. <laughs> uh, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I yeah mean, you just got a new car, too. You just got that new super hot rod parked in your garage now, right? That's going to go down the road. Yeah? Yeah. How much is it going to cost to fill that and drive it around? It all depends how much gas my neighbor's leaving their car. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you. It's going to cost a bit. Yeah, I can tell you it costs me 80 bucks to fill up my suv yeah luckily i'm lucky enough my company provides a work card and a gas card but i mean if i still had my vtx that only got me 100 bucks on five gallons or 100 miles on five gallons with the indian now you know i can get two 250 depending how i want to ride if i want to ride like weatherman or like fish yeah i can make it 250 if i want to ride the way i normally ride i'm pushing 200 yeah and that's gonna suck especially the trips that you know we wanted to do that we probably ain't gonna be able to do yeah i on my bike you know it's only 3.3 gallons per the tank right and i can squeeze out 130 140 miles if i'm riding like real gentle and like making sure i'm in like the highest gear as soon as possible Mm -hmm. 
Um, but if I'm normally the way I normally ride, I probably only get maybe like 110 <laughs> miles to the gallon or 110 miles to the tank. Um, so it's, it's going to be a little frustrating, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pay no matter what. Cause I want to ride. I, I mean, I'm going to pay too. I brought mine out today. Yeah. But at the same time, it's a therapy deal. Like you get on that bike, you could be pissed off at the world. You get mm-hmm. on that bike and you get going. Mm-hmm. It's like everything relaxes you five miles down the road it's all gone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the the bullshit part is it doesn't have to be like this yeah we were in a kicking economy and here we are now but one good thing about our club is we'll all make sure we all ride oh yeah that's that's all there's going to be to it yeah, yeah no yeah. one's getting left no no i mean we usually do a ride out the hogback every year no one no one's getting left behind this year <laughs> Listen, any, no one knows what hogback is. There's two problems with that whole statement. I love hogback. Right, so hogback mountain to mountain up in Vermont. So yep. that we go up there and, you know, the girls have fun. It's a nice ride out during the fall. Check out the foliage. And it's a good last ride for guys that put their bikes away after Columbus Day weekend. Mm-hmm. Most I mean, of us, you know, there could be a couple inches of snow on the ground as long as that road is dry. clear. Yeah. We're even when it's not dry, I've taken some polar bear runs. This year, me and Bubbles went. It was, yeah. what, 28 degrees? Okay. Going down 147, and we kind of, you know, got a little squirrely. Yeah. Me and all season, I've been out when it's been 17 degrees. Yep. That's why God gave you two feet to use his ski rudders. Hell skis. yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. But, I mean, it all, it all depends, really, what you can budget and what you want to do. If you want to go out boating one weekend, you're going to take your money that you're going to put in your bike and you're going to put in your car, mm-hmm. you're going to put it in the boat. Me, my money's going in the bike. I bought the bike to have fun, and my goal was to hit, you know, 10, 12,000 miles this year. So that's that's my goal. And how don't miles, you let. <laughs> how, how many miles you got on the bike right now? 3,400. Okay. I just bought the bike though, so to be fair. How, how, so for everybody listening, real quick, we're now going to keep a tally of this for every episode of where you're at in the increment, so people yeah. at home can measure along to see if you hit your goal. Oh, yeah. believe me, I- I'll hit my goal because <laughs> I have my downs. I don't know. Yeah, we're going to start a pool. Yeah, we'll, we'll start a pool. Well, the shitty part is too is I don't have my hour drive to work and my hour drive home uh, anymore. Oh, you poor here. thing. All I know oh, is I make excuses. Thing, yeah. I make excuses to ride oh, my bike. I don't yeah. get far enough away from home to ride my motorcycle far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but if you look outside the clubhouse right now, I think there's only one Indian out there. Yep. <laughs> right. Right. Yep. Out of four of us sitting here. Uh, yep. yep. I do. I do remember saying uh, that I'm taking the trash out of here, so I couldn't ride my bike because I don't think I'd be able to fit like what six garbage bags on the bike. Wasn't that like? And we're we're saving no the environment by carpooling together. Yeah. Like that was yeah. our thought. So you're out there actually being the 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 being the bad guy over the here. Heathen. You're, yeah, you're you're, 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 you're destroying the environment you're with your horrible it. bike over only here. A, only a mile away, you could have rode his bicycle. Right. Yeah. He I mean, he walked, he could have walked down. Right, that would have helped a, the environment so much. three miles away. Oh, it's three miles now. And with y'all in that Chevy that's falling apart, I bet y'all are putting more crap in the air than I am. Nah. The hole in the exhaust is there for economy reasons. Yeah, the hole's, the hole's behind the cat. The hole's behind the cat. So the cat's still doing its job. It's no, fine. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As long as it's behind the cat, you're all yeah. right. Yeah. I, the- left, I left my bike home, brought my Ford in case a Chevy needs a tow job. <laughs> oh, there you go. 
I mean, we did have a Harley. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last year. It was Bubble Didn't want to start. Yep. And then we and go to hook it up to the Scout. As and... soon as I brought out those jumper cables, it was like, no, 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 no. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> Started right back up again. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't worry. Indians got you. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So this is another thing. In, in in the motorcycle world, for those that aren't savvy with it or anything like that, what is the what is the great war between the Harley riders and the Indian riders? Just so that everybody's aware, because nobody talks metric bikes. Nobody shits on metric bikes. They oh just, yeah, they do. They uh, live on their own. It doesn't. Nobody said anything about my Suzuki yet, other than nice bike. Your Did Z- you? Your Suzuki and Hondas. Yeah, are I the speak best Japanese. Longevity, maintenance-free bikes ever made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We argue about Harleys and Indians because it gives us something to bust each other's ass about. They're all good bikes. Realizing that still your metric bikes are the best. Oh, yeah. They are. My VTX could go anywhere, keep up with anybody, and it lasted. All I had to do was put brakes, tires, and oil change on it. The Indian, though, I mean, you get a nice, smoother ride, more mileage. But the rivalry, that goes way back. To when this started and Indians were racing Harleys. And when, Har- when Indian first made a motorcycle yeah. prior to Harley. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it's always that rivalry. It's always going to be the rivalry. It's it's like a big brother, little brother type deal. It's same thing with the military with the different branches. Exactly. It, exactly. I would equate it to the same thing. I would say it's just like military branches rivalry. The same thing with you know Chevy and Ford. Yep. It's the same rivalry, just different brand, Indian and Harley. And we just know Indians better. Yeah. And we all know the Navy's on top. The Navy's Navy's best, no. and, and that Indian is the best motorcycle. So if you see a Navy guy on an Indian... Then he's yeah. like the creme de la creme on the highway. He's like, the nothing could touch him. He's the yeah. man. He's the golden child. He's just rolling down the highway. He doesn't even have to touch the handlebars. I'm sure God just takes the wheel. <laughs> yes. Holds on to the handlebars for him. But he will still ask God to pull him over if he sees a broke down Harley or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's help, what we all do. Help the ones that can't help themselves, okay? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, plus you got to look at it too. Like For a while, Harley kept the same design. Nothing was different. They're dinosaurs. They're still the same. They're still the same. So the same design. It's the same colors you see. Black. Black. (laughs) Black on black on black. Yeah. You got your black out ones. Then you got your big bird yellows. Mm -hmm. And then you got your fluorescent orange looking ones. Your burnt orange. Indian came out and they went back to the old school tint tone. The baby, baby blue and the white. The blue and the tan. They got your white ones. They got the your Indian, black ones. The Indian red. Yeah. 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 So it it all it all depends on like what you want in a bike and what you like in a bike. What style? Exactly. And like, that's I think what Indian hits on harder than most bike companies is style. Yes. Um, it, like the uh, metric bikes, they all have like the same style generally. Um, they do. And Harley and they have the same style for any like, you know, you think of Harley brand, you know, you know, 10 years ago, you think of an old old guy on a big Harley mm-hmm. and like that was the brand. And you're like, nah, I don't want to ride that. So you ride like a metric bike. Right. And then Indian comes along and they hit with that vintage style and everybody's like, oh, hey, I might want a cruiser versus a metric bike because right. that's a pretty nice style. And that's what leaned me into getting indian as my first bike rather than getting a harley because i just didn't like the style or like the whole 
culture that came around it. Like I just was like, nah, not nah, not for me. I want like an like I like that vintage bike. I'll take I'll take that. Yeah. So we didn't talk about what we each ride. You know, it's, it, oh. doing this as a motorcycle podcast, none of us have mentioned what we actually ride. That's true. So uh, we talked about the Indian guys. We, I mean, what do you ride? Nobody Black cares Harley. about these guys, right? <laughs> <laughs> fat boy, 09 fat boy. Oh, okay. Nice ride. That's a nice one. That's the one. Uh, they have the uh, fatter tire on the front end of those. A little stockier, right? little stock here on the front end and uh, 200 on the back end. They're both big, fat tires. Nice. Yeah. And then, Tut, what do you ride? I got a 19 Chieftain Classic. Yeah, your bike is gorgeous. I'm not even going to try and lie. I love the... Yeah, the nice the Indian Chieftains really are a classic-looking bike, just in general, with those swoops that they have on their uh-huh. fenders. Kills me every time. But oh, yeah. You went a little bit more modern, Pony Boy, with yeah. yours. Yeah, I got the 2016 Indian Scout 60. Um, and the only reason why I got the 60 versus the regular scout is because I didn't like all the chrome on the, the regular scout. And I, that's why I got the scout 60. Like, yeah, I'm sacrificing 200 CCs. I'm sacrificing a sixth gear, but I don't have all that chrome that I would have to continuously clean and keep up with. And that's why it's more blacked out on the bottom. And that's why I got it. Um, fucking love that thing like that thing just it's a great bike it it gets up and goes whenever you ask it to like you hammer down on the throttle drop a gear and disappear like you just go it's great yeah when we were riding yeah that's the thing is like so i i ride a suzuki uh c50 boulevard uh 09 and uh it's only an 800 cc bike so when i go out riding with pony boy here on his what you're 1100 right it's a thousand cc's thousand cc he just opens it up second gear down a, a straightaway, and I'm in, like, third or fourth gear trying to keep up with him because he's just fucking gone. I can't. Uh, there's no catching him. So he ain't going to catch us. I yeah. can't. I don't have the power. Like, it's not there. <laughs> <laughs> that rope on the back of my bike with the loop? Yeah. When I throw it to you? Yeah, Hang I'll on. grab on. Hang don't on. worry. <laughs> Well, but that's the thing is like a lot of the time. So like and just to touch on this a little bit for anybody that's out there shopping for a bike. The key things to take away from this whole conversation are just make sure you go out to these shops and sit on a bike. Yes. Yeah, like, that was the hardest part for me when I first I came out of like never having a motorcycle, only rode dirt bike, you know, and then the pony boy here is just like, just go to a shop and sit on a bike. And it's the most awkward feeling walking in there and going like, I'm not going to buy anything. I'm just going to sit on all these bikes until I find one like Cinderella slipper and, and walk out of here and go like, yeah, that was all right. I think I like that bike. Mm-hmm. I sat on a Suzuki V storm. I couldn't touch the ground on that. I sat on a Harley street glide. I love the size of it, but the price was just absurd. Um, and, uh, you know, I sat on an 83 by Harley because, you know, I was in a Harley dealership and it was just too small. Like, there really is like this wide world of bikes and you can look online for days and go like, Oh, I love the classic look of that one or the modern look of that one, whatever you want to shop for. But until you sit on it, what you might see that you like won't fit your style for sure. And like, that's the other thing is just like, don't, don't, they say, don't go like overboard with your CCs. You'll outgrow a 600 CC bike or 800 CC bike. I've been riding for what now, this will be my second year. I rode all season. Yep. Um, and then, uh, you know, the 800 CC, I'm now finding, like, I wish I had that six gear. I wish I, I'm out there, I'm throwing the throttle down, and I'm like, I just want to go faster. Because if you guys remember when you first started riding, 45 
seem scary for me at least like 45 miles like when an you hour first started when you very oh, first yeah. got on a bike my first... 45 miles an hour in traffic is terrifying to me it was i like, don't know maybe i'm wrong like your but... first bike when you first got on the bike can you think that far back can you remember your first ride and yeah. if you were nervous at all i almost hit a camaro that 90, was parked. 97 yamaha frz 600 it was purple yellow forgot the other color yeah i practiced in my driveway clutch control yep yep and then i tried keeping up with somebody who had a 2010 cbr 600 Mm -hmm. i crashed that thing (laughs) then i went out and bought three more cbrs 08s and then i got my last crash tracker was 2010 cbr 600 rr with the 80th paint anniversary okay with the blue flake and the pearl white Ooh. yeah that thing was quick and then i jumped to 900 cowie custom bought that from my staff sergeant then i couldn't keep up with an iron horse so i said fuck that shit and bought the vtx 1800 and then last year i bought the chief then i remember all mine but do you remember the feeling of when you first rode, when you I was, first see, going, got throttle underneath your belt? Going through, like, on Route 5 wasn't bad. Going up on the Northway to a Maricade and being around everybody who was riding bikes more than I was because I was active duty and coming home and on the weekends just jump on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're popping wheelies at 100 plus, and I'm sitting there looking down going, fuck, it's 85 and there's a cop. <laughs> Scared shitless. And they're just like, do, to do, to do. Yeah, like it's no big deal. But by the time I got rid of that crotch rocket, I was the idiot doing the wheelies at 100 plus and all that stuff. But it is, it's scary when you first start off, especially when you're coming into something and you don't know what to expect and you panic and that ass end starts to slide a little. Yeah. My brother passed me down all of his bikes. I started out on a 750 water buffalo, two-stroke, that I could just put the tips of my toes on the ground. But as I moved up, I ended up with a 900RR. The difference between a super bike is it's a gyro. I was used to riding these bikes you sat up on top. I passed a line of traffic one day, just got a little over 90 and stood it up to come back in the lane, went right off the road. And I was in dirt, and I lifted my right foot, believe it or not, so I didn't get the guardrail, and just from years of doing I didn't do it myself. I stuck out my left leg and just kept on the throttle, and it pulled me back into the dirt on the pavement, and I about shit myself. Yeah. That was a good lesson. And no matter what, you could have, like, mine's an 1,850cc bike. Mm-hmm. I still want more. I like speed. <laughs> I mean, I got three modes on my bike. I got touring, normal, and sport. Yeah. And I punched it in the sport. <laughs> Me and him going down <laughs> Route 5, coming back from Hogback with the girls on the back. Yeah, beautiful. I had fifth gear, and I was doing 100 plus, and I wanted to hit the other gear, and I got smacked in the back of the head. And I looked in my mirror and realized he was already falling back because he got smacked, too. <laughs> yeah. It is addicting, though. You get out there. I The other day, uh, I let go of the handlebars. I know it's the dumbest thing you can do, but I got the aftermarket exhaust on there now. Taught him right. And, yeah, you did. And, <laughs> and, I, and I, I, 
it was the greatest feeling because like all those those documentaries you watch as a kid if you ever get into motorcycles indian larry and all these guys that you grew up with watching them out there the hell's angels documentaries and all this crap whatever you see them out there uh what's his name um hunter s thompson when he talks about you know the aja and all that fun stuff but you know that that idea of freedom that opening up and just letting like literally the balance of the bike do the work for you it's incredible because they always say the bike doesn't want to fall no it doesn't it's it's crazy how much centrifugal force keeps you vertical and how much you have to push it to get it especially at higher speeds to do what you need it to do to make a turn um but it is just like when you open up your arms and you just have nothing but open road ahead of you and you're safe about it because you know the road yeah it is there's nothing that can touch that feeling yeah. nothing yeah. that can touch that feeling and it, it goes to circle back around anytime i get a, mad or in an argument with my significant other i'm like i just want to get on my bike and just even just five minutes just give me five minutes around the neighborhood and that's all i need mm-hmm. and it's just the sound of the bike and the feeling of being out there yep and not having to wear a seatbelt. it's just great <laughs> <laughs> Yep, leave the tar- leave the house smoking your tire mad as hell. Come yep. back, hey, hon, you want to go to dinner? Yeah, that's what a bike does for you. Yeah, that's, that's it, man. That's yeah. it. But uh, you know, the reason why I ask about all these different CCs and uh, you know all this fun stuff is because uh, recently Honda, and uh, you guys might be familiar with the Honda Grom, or some listeners might be familiar with the Honda Grom, yep. which is a little what two hundred fifty CC bike, something like, like that. Like three fifty yeah. can't be anything more than no. that. No. And if you've ever been on a, a bike that small. Um, that is, it's incredibly tiny. Yeah. Glorified scooter. It's a glorified scooter. Well, they decided to finally come out with a new version of it called the Honda Navi. And if you see any photos of this thing, it is essentially a plastic Grom. Look it up. It's like neon green. Uh, it's covered in plastic. Absolutely covered in plastic. And the wheels look like they came off of a, uh, what is it called? Uh, like a Fisher Price Power Wheels kind yeah. of car. It's very like, and you'll see it even in with the new Harleys. Yeah, look at this thing. Yeah, what the? It looks like a Fisher Price toy. The the new Harleys. Take that off there. The Hondas, like all (laughs) these these little bikes. Well, it's great for kids. I assume you still need a motorcycle license, but I would assume we'll still let you be president um, if you ride one. A little little Honda Grom is 124 cc's. And they do whole rides with these things. Hundreds of people Crazy. do these Grom rides. And they do, it's like their own little community of just shitbags out there they, riding around on these little bikes. They make a trunk for them. <laughs> what? what? Put, that, put that in a trunk? No, there's a trunk on the Stop. back of it. Uh, for what? The Grom or for the Navi? The Navi. Oh, good God. I'll, I'll tell you what. what I'll take one of them that? for a ride because I'm going to put it in the sidecar. There you go. Yeah. You can carry it back up. <laughs> you can have that thing bungee corded to the back of your fender just in case. Oh, that would be a cool idea, though. Take like uh take like an old um, sidecar and use the frame to build like oh, a little Jesus platform God. on it and then just strap a Grom to the little platform while you're riding down the road. You see like a dirt road you want to go down, just hop off on the little Grom or a Navi and just like... This is where I get myself in trouble being being the associate here, the prospect, whatever you want to call. Sounds like a good thing. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, what I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> where he's going with this. Yeah, like and, uh, this, I always get myself in trouble for these kind of things, but yeah, I, it would be absolutely hilarious to have one of those here at the clubhouse and be like, "Oh, prospect, you got to run up the road, uh, take the Grom or take the fucking Navi up to grab some uh, 
grab some beers. You got a little six pack. At, You're doing like a dumb and dumber. Look at look at this. You got two people on this damn thing. What the hell? Listen, I, I'm it, uh, one on the handlebars. No, oh. one's in like they. There's a picture here. I'm looking at the Honda so website. How do you feel about the design, though? That's really what I wanted to point out. Everything is going plastic these days. Everything in the motorcycle world is going plastic. I'm a very classic fan. I like chrome. I like the big windshields. I like the big beefier bikes. What? Windshields? Yeah. The the, Listen, the the no. The coolest thing is when you get on a bike. Is to feel the wind in your face. Yeah. How I can you talk about that with a massive fairing on yours? Yeah. I still I sit high enough <laughs> over the fairing. All right. He stands his whole ride. He's like I flip it into tour and I just stand on the footpath. Well, you, you gotta remember too. I got a nice little button. Can you drop yours? Oh, I can drop the windshield. Can you take the whole fairing off no. with a button? No. no, 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 He can he can uh, raise and lower the windshield. Oh, the windshield. windshield. Yeah, yeah, inside the, the fairing. The feeling of the wind would still just be on the fairing. Yeah, that's right. my point. I mean, yeah, 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 it still shoots over. So, like on my way here this morning, right. when I'm driving around looking for mm-hmm. breakfast, I had the windshield all the way down. Had my little bean helmet on, yeah. no mask. It was nice. It was until I got going down market. And I was like, <laughs> "Fuck, that's a little cold." Yeah, I did hit a little button, got it up a little bit. Christ, oh, and I could still feel it, but it wasn't. Yeah, still feeling it go around his fairing. Yeah. You know, there, you know, if there was ever a listener that was like old school biker, he's like, "Oh, yeah, that's not a bike, that's a convertible." You, oh you, yeah, you, yeah. You, oh, yeah. You, I rode without him. Like, those front springs too. Like, oh, the those springer front ends. Yeah. Yeah. Springer yeah. front ends. Yeah, Bubbles has one of those. Yeah, that yeah. thing is fucking gorgeous. And that it? Harley, that paint job. It's a ninety. You saw that, I think right? it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah his red and oh, white one. Oh my god. Yeah. See, you got to see a picture of my VTX that had no windshield. It was just straight air coming towards you. Yeah, like, you, like my bike. Yeah, you yeah, can't hide from it at yeah. all. It's nice, when you, it's nice when you hit the rain Yeah, to have that nice fairing right there. Or yeah. if it's fucking 30 degrees out and you decide to take the bike out, you yeah. want that wind cut a little bit. I've taken my... On, during the summer, I took my uh, my windscreen off, and because it's a quick release, so I can just pop it right off, which is really nice. But the it's bike really just nice looks to me, the bike just looks ugly. I don't like it without that chips kind of look to it. Because remember, the bike is it's you know it's an 09, but it's got that nice like nineteen eighties kind of feel to it, and I, that's what I love about it. I love it when you ride at night, yeah, without your windshield and without my headlight, and you get home and you wipe. 10,000 million bugs off your eyes, your mouth, your beard. That's where I sat behind my windshield laughing at yeah. these guys and go, how was your ride? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. There was one night we were coming back and I found the sweet spot. There is, if, you, if you've ever tried it, there's a sweet spot that you can, like, if you have no visor and, mm-hmm. and no means of being able to see and you got that windscreen mm-hmm. where you can sit, like, just right in, like, a three-inch window that you can put your eyes in just Slightly above the windscreen, but just below where the wind is going, that you can see perfect in any weather. Oh, it yeah. was fantastic. I found that spot. I felt like a, I felt like a king amongst mortals. I'm like, ah, oh, the golden child. <laughs> <laughs> I, I rode with my friend one night and watched him take a big blackbird dead to his chest. Uh, oh my god! And he weebled and he wobbled and I thought he was going to fall down, but he made it. But yeah. It hurt awful, awful lot. I, I've been hit in the face by a couple bugs the when June I had bugs. That's yeah. June bugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, that was like 
that's a rite of passage when you ride, like your first ride. Everybody I've ever talked to with Morris, like, you get hit by a June bug yet? Mm-hmm. You you done sixty five into a June bug yet? Yeah. Like, it's like, <laughs> have you had a? You haven't had to be in your helmet yet, have you? No, I haven't had to be in my helmet. Yeah. Yet. Wait till that happens. Oh god. The pure panic <laughs> that ensues when you get to be in your helmet. This is why I wear a bean shell. Oh yeah, that's right. You don't wear a full face. You I only just wear, wear a full t- face in the rain. Yeah, yeah. I I, wear, I rock full face all the time, and no, I really. well only because I had my accident. That's the only reason why I wear a full face all the time. I like them. I like my full. face. I had a big yeah. O in my helmet and get right on the inside of the bridge of my yeah glasses yeah. on the inside by my eye, and all the while I'm shitting myself and pulling over and trying to get. Yeah, he didn't sting me, but it was like, oh my golly! It was the same thing for me. I was on Route Nine going towards Saratoga, and I had a bee just like hit my chest and then it like w- got sucked right into my helmet and it's like getting pushed against the uh, the inside of the visor and I'm staring at it and like trying to like look at the road, stare at it, look at the road. I'm like, just don't fucking sting, don't fucking sting me. And I'm like, like hammering down, like trying to stop on the Here's side of the road. <laughs> and like, I'm like putting it into neutral, like slamming on the brake, like trying to come down to a stop. I throw my kickstand down. I like rip my helmet off of me and throw it into the grass on the side. And everybody's like passing me going like, what the fuck? And I'm, and I'm like, what? Oh, oh God. And like, eventually I go and pick up my helmet. It eventually flew out. I put my helmet back on. And I'm like, all right, I need to go change my pants. Like, <laughs> yeah, I need like, to stop eating so much acid before I go out. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Got to gotta keep the weed usage down. Yeah, a little, yeah, you know? yeah. Stay sober while you ride. But the reason why I want to bring up the Navi, and I'll bring it back, because uh, you know the same could be said for, for helmets even now, but helmets are, the, the styling of helmets now are so ridiculously, some of them look really fucking cool. Like, I feel like I look cool with my helmet on, because it's matte black, it's got the nice little aerodynamics to it with the black tint, I, I think I look badass in that thing, and I know I'm safe. Um, I look way cooler than any idiot that wears only a, a cap, you know, to save his... <laughs> His skull from when he crashes oh, wow. into the road. But here's the thing. Um, you know, the, the plastics that are being used for all these motorcycles now, like hardly you've seen it with a new 2020 lineup, the 2022 lineup. Um, you know, they have these like high plastic um, uh, exhaust pipes now that they sit at like adventure bike levels, right? And they're big and gnarly and they, they're just stepping further and further away from the classic look of, of what we kind of grew up watching people ride. Uh, how do you guys feel about that as the future? I mean, it always looks like we've looked at Indian the other day on their website, mm-hmm. and I mean, they still have one or two classic bikes, but even the metrics are going the way of modernizing and sleeker designs and, you know, just all these swoops and, you know, all this stuff, but it's all plastic. There's no more chrome on there. It's all blackouts. It's all plastics. And I personally, I don't like it. If I'm going to have to be shopping for an older bike for the rest of my life, then fine, but... Eventually, I would like to have something a little bit more modern to get me by without having that modern look. Customize it. You think so? That's you think your... they're going to come out with customizable fairings that you can pop off there and customize it yourself? Find a metal shop. Rat, rattle can it? Just fucking. <laughs> well, I don't mean rattle can it, but I rattle can a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that what we're talking about? Custame. Yeah. But like, you look at all seasons, Fury, right? He's got a Honda Fury. All Season is also a member of the club, just for everyone that doesn't know All oh, Season. Yeah, All Season is my And so is Fish and Weather. Weatherman. Weather yeah, thank you. So <laughs> he was going down the road. We got an SOS at like, what, 12 o'clock at night? He was going down the road, 
and one of his side guards flew off. So we're out there looking for this thing for the next two days. Can't find it anywhere. We went all the way from, what, Central Bridge to Albany? And back. And back. Couldn't find it. He turned around and found one. Honda actually makes a metal one that snaps in and is more secure than the plastic. Really? Yeah. So if you can get metal for them, go for it. Like, I love my Indian because it's, except for the fairing and the side covers, it's all metal. So I know if I take a hit or something. Yeah. There's something there to stop yeah, it. That yeah, that shit's not just going to be like an Indy car and blow apart. Right. This thing's going to take a hit. I'm going to pick the bike back up, let it sit so everything sets back in normal, start it back up, and fucking go. Yeah, like my, my accident when I hit the tree. Um, I was coming back from up north above Bolton Landing, and I had my X on the back, and we're coming around turn, and it's at night, so it's dark out, and a tree had let loose on a hillside and fell across the road, and... I didn't see it in time and I, you know, I'm skidding, 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 trying to like slow down and I hit it doing like 25. Um, but my bike's all metal. And so it just took the impact. I mean, granted my forks were bent to shit. Uh, my handlebars were bent to shit and my front fender was bent to shit. It was bent, uh, and it was touching the tire. But a cool thing that I found out that night was there's a little wrench on the backside or a little Allen key on the back side of the license plate holder and I pulled that off and it's the same size for the hex bolts on the fender. So I just took the front fender off, threw it in the backpack, had my ex wear the backpack and I was able to start the bike back up and I rode it home mm-hmm. afterwards. And then the next day I rode it into Indian and they're like, how the hell did you ride this here? <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, it was a little wobbly, but I got it here, and I need you to fix it, please. <laughs> <laughs> In answer to that, though, I think it's the society itself. You, you look a little deeper. The bikes have changed. We've gone cheaper with plastic, everything to make it easier, cheaper, cheaper, cheaper. And the society of people today, you know, the old school bikers, everything was right down solid. Now, the people today, they just want a quick fix, a quick run, a quick this, a quick that. They've lost a lot of the values. I, I, I agree to an extent because if you look at like motorcycle culture in movies or TV shows, everything is black on black. The bad guys ride the sleek motorcycles from the future, you know what I mean? And I think that also carries a lot of influence with younger riders. That's what they want in a motorcycle now. They don't want the chrome fairings or chrome... Uh, uh, fins they don't want and, and you know obviously technology's improved to help keep the bikes up to to better spec and everything to achieve higher horsepower and higher torque and all this fun stuff but i mean i personally like that my bike is what shaft driven liquid cooled it's almost like driving a fucking car it's a great ride i mean but i would not want that on something that looks like it came straight out of 2042 but you don't know look at it this way too like what you say about society and how you like your bike yeah all right. I do like my bike. Old school. <laughs> We're growing up. Your neighbor is out there in a dress shirt, dress pants, mowing his lawn three inch high mm-hmm. every week. Yeah. He's out there washing his car, shining his rims, shining the mm-hmm. chrome on the side. Nowadays, what would you rather do? 
spend an hour cleaning your bike after you're done or just roll it into the garage. People nowadays, they want to do the run, go home, sit in front of their PlayStations, their Xbox, their computers, their phones. Nobody wants to take the time to sit there and take your Brasso in small circles, all that chrome to make it look amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's when it's nice out, you guys know. I mean, you two are sat by the house. Yeah. I'm in the garage. Music's going, and I'm just sitting there. Little circle shining that thing up. The next day we go out and it rains. Yeah. And I turn around, bring it back in the garage, rinse it <laughs> off, and do it all over again. Yeah. Everybody wants that quick, get it done, get it over. Look at cars nowadays. There's no chrome. You look back in the day, there was chrome. Everywhere. Accents on everything. Everywhere. Even the interior you had to shine. Now, you take an armor all wipe and shoop. Done. You're done on the inside. There's no pizzazz to it. Society. Yeah. We want quick today. We don't want any of that. I mean, look at DoorDash. You ain't even got to leave your couch. Yeah. Dinner's brought to you. You can get, yeah, I was going to say, you can get everything brought to you today. Yeah, you got like Instacart and all that. Yeah. They, mm-hmm. they literally shop for you and bring your groceries to your door. Yeah. Like you don't have to go anywhere anymore. No. You can stay home and do nothing. It's fucking great. No. I love it. No. <laughs> and that's the problem with yes. society right there. If I'm hungover, if I'm hungover and I want to sit there on my couch and feel like death, right? And I don't want to go out and eat something, but I know I have to. I'm going to order it. I'm from Rochester. Shout out to the 585. Uh, garbage plate to my house because I'm hungover as shit and I want a bunch of fucking food just plopped in front of me that I can just sit there and kind of just shovel at a side angle into my mouth and then, and then pass s- out. sip a Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. And then, <laughs> then sip a Gatorade and wake up at 7 o'clock at night. You know what I mean? Like, that's... It's convenience. Yes, convenience comes at a cost. No, if but, you go out and party, you gotta keep the tradition of going to, like, Greasy Pete's oh, yeah. over in Broad Alvin or Miss Johnstown Diner or going to McDonald's and get the big breakfast and it just or the truck, truck stop, stop. Go to the Buckhorn. You got to have that experience of being hung over, going there and having fun. My best don't drink under age, but best high school memories is all of us going out to a field, having a keg or getting up the next morning, going over to the truck stop and having their buffet and just having fun now you don't get that y'all stay at home sit in your house or your apartment and go huh becky should be here with my food in five four three oh look she's here leave it on the porch because i don't want to see you and then you him and haw about getting off the couch to go get it but that's even the better part is now since covid i don't even have to look at that person that's delivering my food <laughs> I fucking love it because I don't want to look at the person. They are below me. (laughs) You deliver me my food. I ride my motorcycle. You go away. Like, that's how it should be. Like, they're not below me, obviously. People need to do a job. But it has, it is nice just being like, hey, look, food's at my door. And I don't even know how it got here. It's like a magical mystery. So you got to feel like the king 
and the DoorDash people are the servants. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's wrong with that? I'm paying them for a service, right? And that means that maybe along with that service, I don't want to see your face. Like, just stay away. Like, just leave the food and walk away. Like, But you, you miss out on the bar closing down at 2 and being at the Buckhorn. At 2.30, with a bunch of drunks sitting on the counter, yeah, uh-huh. recounting the pool games and laughing and shit and having fun, and the waitress getting really pissed at everybody. I mean, <laughs> you can't do that in Saratoga anymore, because they closed the bars down now at uh, 2, I think. Before oh, it was like 4 a.m. That was-, was the craziest part when I first moved out here. Sorry to cut you off, Joe Kid. No? Let me just get this thought out real quick. That was the craziest part okay. when I first moved out here. <laughs> Ontario County was always 2 p.m. Monroe County is 2 p.m., so when I moved out here, and my first bar I went to was the Union Inn down in... Uh, you mean 2 a.m.? 2 a.m., whatever. Yeah. They, shut, <laughs> they shut down at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Because yeah. They, it's just like, fuck you. <laughs> That's when they open up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, really? So I just stay the night at the bar, right? So yeah. I'm thinking they're closing. Uh, but that was like... So I went to the Union Inn, which is a, a pretty sketchball bar if you've never been there. It's the college bar, right? And... Uh, I thought they were just like breaking the law by staying open at 4 a.m. I'm like, whoa, this is like crazy. They're like, no, this is just pretty much par for the course. Like any bar will do this here. I'm like, what? Like the alcoholic (laughs) in me just like went crazy happy. I'm like, yes, two more hours of drinking. (laughs) (laughs) I can't tell you how many times I blacked out in the first like three weeks I was here in this city, man. Like it was bad. (laughs) Go to Massachusetts. Yeah, it's like 12 o'clock. A.M. or P.M.? A.M. And the bars are closing. Yeah, midnight. I was stationed down there. Really? Yeah, I was stationed down there. And you would literally pregame at the (laughs) Airmen's Club. Yep. Then go to, like, the Hookie Lao. And then go back to the bunks Mm -hmm. and drink until 3, get an hour, hour and a half of sleep, and get back up for P.T. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah, when yeah. when you're sitting there and you're having fun and you hear the stupid bell ring and you're like, oh, man, yeah, it's got to be like 3 o'clock. No. no midnight. <laughs> yeah, it's just midnight. Yeah. Then I'd come home and we'd go to the Cozy over in Tribes Hill and John would sit there and fucking 6 o'clock at night we'd be drinking, 6 o'clock in the morning. He'd be looking at us going, y'all got to get the hell out of here. And we'd just wait another hour, go down to the Tribes Hill Deli, get us some breakfast and... Go yeah. to work. No, it's it's crazy because uh, Fort Devens is in a dry county. Ooh. And or I don't know if that's changed recently, but you couldn't get alcohol except for at Fort Devens. You could get alcohol on post. And even then it was like, oh, well, you're not supposed to drink on post. You can't have alcohol in the barracks. So, like, we're just, like, getting a fucking tall boy, drinking it, throwing it in the fucking uh, trash can, <laughs> and rolling in back to the barracks. Like, it, it's stupid. Stupid. Yeah. And I visited my buddy in Boston, and the whole city basically shuts down at 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm coming, you know, Saratoga, where the bars are like, um, what is it, Dango's? Dango's used to serve food all the way till 4 a.m. And so that would always be my last stop when I was out drinking in Saratoga because we would just end at Dango's because they still have food. They're still serving alcohol up until fucking 4 a.m. And like, I go to visit my buddy in Boston, whole town. Ta- Whole town, mm-hmm. fucking closed. And there was this one place that was open. It was called uh, Insomnia Cookie. I think that's what it, or just Insomnia. And it was, they sold like these massive, like face size cookies. 
And like that was the only place open. <laughs> so stupid. Yeah. Well, I hate it. That's something else has changed. We used to get out of work on a Saturday morning, party all weekend. Yep. Go back to work Monday or party all night and get up and go to work that. Now these kids today so I can't come in, man. I feel sick. I got a hangover of my eye. Really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Don't recommend it, but the number of times I've gone into work hungover is too many to count. Oh, my God. I have been sent home because I was so hungover and couldn't function. <sighs> and my boss would laugh at me, yeah, pay me for the day, and he'd be like, just go home. And then he'd text me that night or call me and be like, coming into work tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I feel great. Go show up for work, and I'm Still looking hungover, and he sends me home. Yeah, you know, when you go in to get your job duty, and the boss calls you aside and says, You okay tonight? Uh, I think. Uh, go to the scrap room. I, I, I remember we got drunk one night at Westover so bad, we had commander's call the oh, next morning. Okay. I mean, we went downtown Springfield, went to Mardi Gras, came back. We, we were done. Hmm. They stuck us on a bird and put the oxygen mask on us to sober us up for a commander's call. Wow. Oh, yeah, we were trashed. Wow. Good old days. Yeah, can't do that nowadays. Now no. you get an article 15 for oh, showing yeah. up. Oh, yeah. Well, well yeah. no, now you could give them that little card that says, don't be mean to me. I don't know if you get those once you're out of boot camp. Yeah. Jeez. Thankfully, I was not going to fucking basic. But that's the other thing that I thought was kind of funny was, uh, I got out of uh, basic training, and it, it's B, it was BCT, basic combat training, right, for the Army. And I think two years after I got out of basic, they changed it to just BT, basic training. They mm-hmm. took the combat out of it, and it's, they started to shift towards it, more of a garrison version of tr- basic training. And I was like, interesting. And I, was, uh, I went to Fort Benning in Georgia uh, for basic, and... I think I was one of the last all-male classes that went through Fort Benning, which was crazy to me because Fort Benning was always just males. Um, All the other basic training sites, because the Army has four basic training sites. And I I thought it was weird that Fort Benning was like the last holdout, but I, I heard stories of other guys that went to different basic trainings that had females. And I'm not shitting on females uh i'm just saying that they had a lot of stories of a lot of issues with females in their basic and i never had any of those issues at like all one gender basic and it was i don't know i felt like it was a good opportunity to like not have to deal with any bullshit or any of that there are issues whether you like it or not there's issues yeah you know putting a girl on a ship with 320 guys and get mad because she come home pregnant really (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the hell thought about that <laughs> all, all I know is when I was down at Lackland for basic we had our brother flight had a female TI you have brother flights down there Yeah. we didn't know because we didn't see any women yeah. at all until we went to warrior week Yeah. and then all of a sudden we're going into the gas chamber, and these girls are coming out, snot all over their face, puking, and we're all sitting there making sure all of our BDUs are looking good, and we're like, man, there's females around here. Man, they look hot as shit with that snot rolling <laughs> exactly. down their face. <laughs> it, was like, yeah. it was like, holy shit, it's an actual girl. And then all of a sudden, you get out of the freaking 
gas chamber and your nose is running, your yeah. eyes are shut. You're like, what the hell? And it, all these girls are looking at you laughing. And you're like, you're the first girl I've seen in like five weeks and you're laughing at me? Yeah. Oh, this sucks. I joined the military for the wrong reasons. It was it was funny. Uh, we got to AIT, uh, our job school, right after basic. And a good chunk of us from uh, my basic class were going to the same AIT uh, in Fort Gordon, Georgia. And we get there. And there's females everywhere. And we're like, huh? What? Is, who are they? Where did they come from? Uh-huh. Right? And, and we're all just kind of like flabbergasted because we haven't seen females in fucking 10 <laughs> weeks. And we're like, uh, interact. How do you interact with female? Yeah. It's like when you're sitting there the first four weeks, you don't see anybody except your flight and your brother flight. Yep. That's it. Then all of a sudden you get a little more lenience coming as you get through boot camp and we were the last six and that's, a half week program that's the that's the, the air force where you get, get more lenient yeah as they go on well all of a sudden it's graduation nice. it's yeah. graduation week <laughs> and you're on your way to the chow hall and you can march yourselves now you don't have the drill instructor what oh he was in the <laughs> snake pit waiting on you and they were sitting out because it was graduation week so now you got the sisters the girlfriends the moms all intertwining checking out everything and holy crap you're sitting there and you're like do i look don't i look do you look don't you look well me being me i look (laughs) i never had drill instructors come out of nowhere like they're they're (laughs) nowhere to be found they materialize out of nowhere yeah Yeah. there's like 20 of us and we're standing there waiting for chow we're reading our (laughs) stuff and all of a sudden i just turned my head and there was a girl I thought was pretty, but I guess she could have been military pretty. And before I knew it, I was on my face doing push-ups and yep. blurpees and everything else because I looked at somebody else's mother, sister, daughter, and I just... Whoever, yeah. I couldn't say anything. After that, it was like tunnel laser, vision. Laser focus. Don't pay attention. And I don't know if it's with the Army... So yeah, we didn't but, have graduation week. We had a graduation day. That's what well, we had. And, right, listen, you do, and you our do graduation the- day, we had family day and we had graduation day. Yeah. And right. and family day was everybody's families show up. They sit in the bleachers in the CTA, the cover training area. Yeah. Underneath the barracks. And we march up. We put our berets on. We see our family for like four hours. And then they disappear. And then graduation day, we march on the field. And our families are in this big, like, football stadium seating, right, as we're on the parade field, do our graduation and all that. And then we see our families for another, like, maybe four hours, and then we go back to the barracks, and then the next day we're on the bus going to our job oh, school. See, we had Friday was the family day with the run, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden it's like you don't see anybody, you just get told you're doing your mile-and-a-half run that you need to do to graduate. Yeah. So we do that, and then you Mile-and-a-half run. Listen, we have to do it in like 10 and a half hours. I wish. <laughs> I wish 10 and a half hours. But then like you come in and then there's all your families. Yeah. So after that, you spend time with them. Mm-hmm. Graduation day. And then we had Sunday. You could see your family if they're still around. And then Monday morning, you got on the bus and shipped to wherever. Gotcha. But Tanya, some of those... Joking, what was your basic like? You're uh, significantly older than us. Oh, significantly <laughs> older. Please tell <laughs> right, us about so the yeah. good old days. Yeah. 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 Let me tell you about the good tell old us, days. Tell us about the old when military. When we had biplanes on the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. On the aircraft. Yeah. Uh, my basic was more mental 
which had to be because if you're in the middle of the ocean and your ship's burning up, yep. you have to do stuff right. Mm-hmm. And my drill sergeant, if that's what you want to call him, was a cokehead. <laughs> His attitude changed like on a dime. Minutes. Yeah. One minute everything's good. The next minute you're getting screamed at and you're doing push-ups and and my basic was that it was pretty tough. And uh, I remember after I got out of basic, I was supposed to go to welding school, hall tech school, but they messed up, so I went out to the fleet first. Okay. Well, I went on a destroyer, Barney. Then I got my orders to come back to school, and me being me and being stupid, sat in class one day and listened to this E1 telling all the newbies, basically playing God with them. Yeah. And I had to stand up and say, hey, you know what? He can't do that. He's only in E1. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. So that was like my second week in school, and for the rest of my time in school, and everybody got on the cattle car and went back to barracks, I went to extra training with the M16 and the push-ups and the painting, and that was my every day until I got out of school. Oh, fuck. And uh, I can still remember his name, Sanchez. I told him straight up when I graduate from school, yeah. me and you are going to go at it. And the day I graduated, he was off on leave, and the chief kindly told me I should just probably leave the base and go. Yeah. All right, so here's a, here's a question, because we know the Navy, they don't have drill instructor hats. Did they ever take the brim of the drill instructor hat and hit it right between your eyebrows? No. So I didn't have that. I had. We were all standing out in front of, we were getting ready to go to our basic unit, um, and we we're all lined up out front of uh, reception, the reception hall, and we're all in uniform now, right? And the drill sergeant is walking through and he's counting everybody, right? And he's got his knife hand out, classic. Mm-hmm. And he's counting everybody and he's hitting everybody's brims as he's counting the line, right? And you moved your hat. <clears throat> no, I didn't move my hat. I stood there and I had glasses at the time. This is before I had my new eyes. I had glasses and where the PC would sit was like right on my glasses. And he comes through and he whacks the fuck out of my PC and that brim hits my glasses and dug into my nose. It hurt so bad. I had a tear coming down my eye because it hurt so <laughs> fucking bad. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just, I barely was able to hold my composure and and that's all I had from that. I didn't have any of them like use their brown round and just fucking oh, head yeah. slam. No, they didn't have that. Right between the eyebrows or they take their portfolio because the newer military, you can't assault or touch anybody so Mm. they take their portfolio and they put it in your throat and they push you back to where if you get in a on a wall or something there's nowhere to go that portfolio is right there that shit sucks we had our first drill instructor he went to seven level training for Mm -hmm. a firefighter we got this other dude he comes in he was from haiti Mm -hmm. because you can earn your green cards by joining yeah he took the tallest dude we called Ghost, got up on two chairs looking down at this dude yelling, I don't give a fuck. I'm from the Haitian army. You're not my flight. I don't give a fuck. And we're all sitting there going, what the fuck did we get ourselves into? Yeah. It was that first week, zero week. I had I had one of those moments where it was hilarious because we had this drill sergeant. He comes in and... Uh, Somebody from a different platoon in our basic company fucked up. And so he came in and wanted to make sure we didn't do the same thing. 
And so he goes, and he had an accent. He's like, all right, privates, if who's ringing. Uh-oh, he's in trouble. Uh-oh. Yes, babe. <laughs> just so the audience knows, uh, Jokin just got a very important phone call from the government. Yep. Uh, they're calling yep. him back in for a service. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> he's getting the CIA, recalled. The CIA just It's got, the government. He needs to stop on the way home and get some eggs yeah. and butter. Yeah. Secret. Secret shit. Robbed the Northville Bank, running around with a gun. The cops are all over the place. Oh wow! <laughs> nice. I didn't ask are you to go stop them? Either. Where's the bank in? Oh, the MBT in Northville. Yeah. Yep. Oh wow. When I was in uh, fire school, this was funny. We had a we had a Marine that obviously didn't make it in the Marines, so he came to be a Navy guy. However that worked. I mean, they're all Navy anyway. Yes, he was Very an much. asshole. And we were at fire training school one day, and the guys that were training school were built like apes. Yeah. And this Marine's in the back, not paying attention, running his mouth. He didn't even understand when the guy quit talking and looked at him. Now, we wore hard helmets in school. And mm-hmm. they, he took this helmet off, and he fired this across the pavement, took this guy in the chest. And about the time his ass hit the ground, he had a two-inch water hose and literally rolled him like a ball right <laughs> across the pavement. That's awesome. That was awesome. Jeez. He's an asshole, so we're all like, yeah. Yeah, fuck him up. Fuck him up. <laughs> yeah. All right. This was uh, After Church with... Is that what we're rolling with? I don't know. It's a working title. We still got to come up with a real I, title. I like the acronym one. We'll just you like roll the, with that. The DRPC? Yeah. yeah. From this, the DRMC? Yeah. All right. By the VP and the P? Yeah. And the SA? For today, yeah. Yeah, for today. For today. Now That's we, the other thing we never touched <laughs> on. We, we never mentioned the fact that this is going to be a rotating cast. Yeah, yeah. the The people that you hear today are not going to be the same people you might hear on the next episode. So that's true. Uh, you know, definitely going to be some variety. So make sure that people tune in for uh, all the other episodes, and make sure you plug us as you give us the outro. Yes. So this was the DRPC with the DRMC. I'm your VP. <laughs> <laughs> it rolls off the tongue so well. Oh yeah. Yeah, you got to line up the acronyms to get them out right. Um, and I'm Pony Boy. I'm Tut. I'm Jokin. And I'm Nick Bono. <laughs> <laughs> Even gave his last name, so now everybody. everybody. Find me on Facebook. Give me a like. My Instagram needs help. It's that you're doing it wrong. Oh, so now yes. when the FBI starts looking in on yeah. it, you're going to be name dropping. Yeah, that's all I'm going to do. You're yep. going to be the I know this guy. guy. I know this yep. guy. I know this guy. Just yep. let Boom. me keep my <laughs> let's let me keep my exhaust above 95 decibels. Yeah, I don't I'll care. Start I'll start snitching everybody to keep my exhaust. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's going under. Snitches get snitches. Just remember that. Except when it comes to the exhaust, you'll <laughs> yeah, be in jail nope. for 30 days. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, you wait, does this go for bail reform too? We'll touch that next episode. We'll yeah, touch we'll the bail reform yeah, next episode. Yeah, we ain't going to jail yeah. for 30 days. We're just going to get released. Exactly. <laughs> right? So you can check us out on Facebook, uh, Downrange MC, Blood and Steel Chapter. Uh, we'll eventually link our podcast to it as well. We also have a website where you can contact us on. Feel free to reach out. Anybody else got anything else to say? It's been a pleasure. Hell yeah. Keep two wheels on the ground. Rubber side down. Something about motorcycles. Yeah, drop a gear and disappear, especially from the cops. Oh, you guys got them all. Uh, <laughs> just remember, you can outrun the cop. You can't outrun the radio. That's for damn sure. Mm. This side up. This side up. Yeah, they, put, they put that on the, st- the sticker, and then you got the arrows that just cut the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't drink the battery. Yeah. <laughs> 
Stay away from uh, Tide Pods. Yeah, stay away from Tide Pods.